welcome to Bears Beyond the Gate, a Bristol Bears podcast made by fans for fans. We're four season card holders at Ashton Gate who love the club, the game and all things Bears. It's another week and another loss. We give our views on the Newcastle game and ask what that means for the Bears season with four losses out of five. We also look ahead to the next game away at London Irish with our very good friend Jerry Brown, chair of the Exile Supporters Association. All this and more on this week's show. I'm Tony and I'm joined by Lee and Pete for a cheeky beer and some rugby banter. Uh, well, boys, um, here we are. Um, well, here three of us. Uh, here, here's three of us. Missing Miles again, uh, obviously away on some important uh, uh, mission for his his big estate, um, and, and we're recording it on a Monday night because um, yeah, we, we we've had a few technical and scheduling difficulties this week, but anyway, we are here now. So Pete, let me come to you first. Um, we, we're we're not actually in the same room either. It's uh, back to an online recording. It is. It's back to online. It's good. Almost feels like the good old days. Tone back to online. All three of us on the screen, uh, not having to smell each other's uh, odors close by, <laughs> as you see. But actually, for me, it's a nightmare going back to online teaching tomorrow at school. So in some ways, uh, this is a little bit of a dress rehearsal. So thanks for that, lads. It's it's a little bit of practice. And and Lee, fella, uh, how are you? Yeah, this is, uh, I, I totally disagree with Pete. This is a nightmare for me. As, as everyone who listens to the pod know, I'm not, uh, I'm not very good at anything tech-wise. And I don't know whether, I feel so old, I don't know whether I should be putting the phone up to my lips so you can hear me or whether I should be looking at you both. So, uh, I mean, there is a bonus, obviously, about not, not smelling each other's odours, but uh, that's about <laughs> it, really, for me. Yeah, we're well off off air. We'll have to discuss which odors you refer to, Pete. Um, is, is, <laughs> I, I would imagine it's the old spice that we always smell when That's we're right. around at least. The old spice. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, I, I I was watching a very different game uh, yesterday. Uh, I was uh, at White Hart Lane uh, watching the American football, Miami versus. Uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars, uh, a very entertaining game. My team lost literally in the last second, but it was good to scope out what the ground was like for when we play Saracens uh, at White Hart Lane uh, um, the, in, in, in the new year or, 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 or next year. Uh, and I think that's going to be some, some occasion, really, apart from the £6.90 a pint cost of pint of lager. Ooh. So, boys, let's uh, let's let's talk about the uh, the Newcastle game. Of course, Bristol went up uh, up north uh, on Saturday, and um, thirteen points to five defeat. Disappointing, um, but Lee, let me come to you first. Um, on Thursday lunchtime, when we saw the teams. Uh, announced. Obviously, Pat had to really shuffle the pack because of some injuries, maybe to to bring a few players in as well, just just to change things around. What, what were your thoughts um, w- when you saw the the twenty three for the game? Um, I know we say this every week. Were you confident, or did you start to worry that this maybe wasn't going to be a team that could go up and get a result at Newcastle? 
No, I mean, I wouldn't say I was confident, but also I would I would say that I wasn't as pessimistic as some of the the Bears fans that that um, I kind of read some of the um, you know the, when the team sheets come out, I read some of the the press on it, and it was it, there was a lot of pessimism, which I I actually thought well. There's not really a lot else we can do anyway, is there? Because we're we're really down on the bare bones. And I was quite excited. I mean, we said on the pod, didn't we, last week about uh, Toby Fricker being given a chance and Bates. And um, and I actually thought personally, I thought, well, you know, what what worse can they do, really? You know, we might as well throw these guys in at some point. And and obviously, you know, it was one of those where I thought, well. Not confident of winning the game, but actually they, they performed okay, didn't they? I mean, again, individual areas will get to that later, but I think the the youngsters that came in certainly didn't let us down, Tone. And I mean, Pat didn't have much of a choice, did he, Pete? Because mm. we saw that there were injuries to Bedlow, there was injuries to O'Connor, um, there 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 was um, Purdy was out again, um, and then Charles Pietau looks like he was rested. So you, we, we had two scrum halves on the bench. We we were looking down to the bare bones, really, as far as backs are concerned. Yeah, I mean, after that Quinns game, I was wondering whether those injuries were psychological rather than <laughs> physical, to be honest. Uh, and I think there is the old plastic pitch quotient as well, or factor that I'm sure played a part in some of some of those uh, absences. Um, I mean, I wonder whether Charles Piertow has got it written in his contract that he's not allowed to mm. play on a plastic pitch. But I think in all seriousness, if there were a few niggles after that Quinn's game, then clearly the, the, the I guess the, the medical staff have to factor in playing on, on a harder pitch. So yeah, it was, it was pretty, it was a, it was quite surprising how many were out, but as Lee said, you know, it did give an opportunity for some of the players that, you know, are in the squad and, you know, they're paid and you know, they had to step up and, and play. And Lee, coming back to you, I think it was lovely to see Sam Jeffries to, uh, back on the team sheet um, after the issues that he's had over the last couple of years. Yeah, I'm glad you said that, Tony, because I was just going to mention that myself. I mean, it was great to see him back on the pitch. I mean, what was it, two years ago? Over two years ago, we last seen him play. And, um, I mean, injuries aside, for me, Sam Jeffries, you know, would have been, I mean, still a good player, don't get me wrong, but would have been potentially international um, quality. And, um, yeah, so it was great to see him back on that pitch. Um, like Peter said, though, I'm not sure if he'd... Uh, really enjoyed playing on that pitch so much for a first game back. But, um, you know, hopefully he's still in one piece. Yeah. Pete, you want to mention something? I was going to say, I did see a, a good tweet from, I think it might even have been the Falcons official uh, account after the game, as some sort of fashion alert and and saying, we, we, we like to report that, that there was no player wearing tights uh, on the pitch today. So, because there would be all that stuff about Premier Rugby had said that, some players are allowed to wear tights if they want to, <laughs> but it was quite a nice little tweet saying, uh, especially up north as well. That shows that that was decent effort from the Bears to uh, to go up north uh, onto a plastic pitch and 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 not put the tights on. Although I wonder whether Joycey had to be persuaded otherwise. <laughs> well, before we talk about the tights on, <laughs> you think so? Yeah, yeah coloured tights so. probably. 
yeah. well, well, before we talk about the game, we we, we have got uh, one of our, our listeners and good friends of the pod, Simon Stone, gave us some uh, thoughts. I think uh, it was recorded. Was he still up in Newcastle, Pete? Yeah, yeah. He, he sent us a little message on Sunday morning. I think he was enjoying a uh, a liquid-esque breakfast at the time. <laughs> okay, well, let's have a listen to that now. Hello, Pete and the boys. This is Simon from Newcastle. Early doors, Sunday morning. First off, uh, hospitality in Newcastle is as good as it's always been, although the post-match entertainment at the ground consisted of Bristol Bear supporters teaching Newcastle Falcons the words of Combine Harvester, Drink Up the Cider and other popular tunes. On to the game. The game was a difficult watch. Good to see and have a look at Anthony Fish for his first write-in. Uh, I have to say the game has continued in the normal vein of uh, one-dimensional, error-strewn, much like the days of uh, we first came up in the Premier. Obviously, we're missing key players. The list is endless, um, but the error-strewn game was very hard to watch. Both sides were fairly even. We needed to capitalise on the 10 minutes when they had a yellow card with the man in the bin. It just didn't happen. So all in all, a difficult watch. And um, glad that we're having a rest week next week and away to Irish, where hopefully we'll have some returning players. All the best and up the Bears. Well, that's, it's really good to get that view from someone that was was at the game. Um I'm not sure that was Simon saying. Well, it didn't. When I've when I've spoken to him often, it's after the game in the sports bar, and he <laughs> don't sound like that, does he? That that is definitely definitely his telephone voice because <laughs> he definitely did, does not sound like that usually on a day to day basis, does he? <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, he was talking there, not taking the chances, Pete. You know, is 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 that? becoming the story of our season? Yeah, I think so. I, I think, yeah, you know, you could... I mean, he was there watching it live and, and there were very, uh, weren't very many people that were able to do that because it obviously wasn't being shown on any on any sort of sites or streaming places or TV. I mean, I was listening to it on the radio and, and that was kind of in the second half with the message that came across. I think the first half, you know, was a, was a bit of an arm wrestle, but Simon's right. I think the second half, it was the same old story that um, we did have a chance. We had a chance to go ahead and maybe even pull ahead a little bit and just a few little decisions, penalties being given away and at, towards the end, obviously then gifting them uh, the points that they needed to see it through. And it was so such a tight game that... Yeah, you you need those moments to go your way, and and last season it did. This season it hasn't, has it? No, it cer- certainly hasn't. And um, you know, from what I've seen, you know, there was there were some good performances. I think Harry Randall um, had a, a had a good showing. I could see he was the top meter maker, one hundred and seven meters, um, but. <laughs> There was very little sparkle. Lee, I suppose one of the talking points was uh, around Callum Sheedy coming off tactical substitution, um, what was it, 50-odd minutes into the game. Mm. Um, you know, we, we've we've talked about Callum's form over the last few weeks. Um, we, were you surprised that uh, Pat did actually pull him off for a tactical s- substitution? 
Yeah, I have to. Uh, I it was it was surprising. I think because I mean, I don't know whether Pat's kind of losing um, or, or just got a little bit kind of fed up with it. Because as it, I mean, she has had a, a few bad weeks on the spin now, hasn't he? But I, I just think it's those same kind of individual errors that keep appearing all the time. And I think maybe Pat was just frustrated by it. Um, I mean, obviously, there was a couple of kicks, again, that, that she had missed. Um, but I, I actually thought he was fairly solid. Um, you know, and and we did, a couple of weeks ago on the pod, we did say we actually want Sheedy to mix it up a bit because he's been too predictable. So, you know, I guess that it's that fine balance, isn't it? And I don't know whether Callum's kind of caught between a rock and a hard place now. We're trying to try something different. And... And at the moment, with his form not being so great, he's not quite pulling it off. Um, but I, I was surprised in this game actually, because I, I thought up to that point that he was brought off, he was he was he was fairly solid, as, a, as to use a coiner a Miles phrase. I, I, mean, I think we may have to take a little bit of a blame because, as you said, the second half he missed two penalties into touch. And I think that's on the back of us moaning about the fact he doesn't kick it far enough. So he was obviously trying to get a bit more distance and, and he missed those two. I felt a bit, I actually felt a bit guilty when I read that. And then, and then I think that the straw that broke the camel's back was when he, we got a penalty and he, and he did the quick tap and then he dropped it. Um, you know, that to probably to Pat was a, was you know, that is a that is a poor decision. Did he need to do even do the quick tap on that bait? And I think maybe that was just a kind of decision to take him off. The irony is, is that it was almost like the worst decision that could have happened because after that, Yoan Lloyd took over the kicking duties and Julie missed the conversion and missed a really easy penalty. And you do wonder if Sheeds had been on the pitch with his kicking prowess that you know, it, it, things could have been different. So it it was it was clearly a I would say a patience running out, but perhaps just on that moment, you know, knocking on when you're trying to do a quick penalty is such a schoolboy howler, um, and and it, it happens. You know, it happens. But I do wonder whether it was a kind of quick decision that have had enough. And but ironically, as Lee said, I don't think he had too bad a game, and and actually that decision didn't look very clever. You know, after Yo and Lloyd missed the kick, so it's it's a difficult one, isn't it? Well, let, let's talk. Go on. Sorry, I was just going to say it is the sort of thing that happens when you're on a losing streak, isn't it? Confidence goes, and then little things like that do tend to go wrong. And um, you know, when you're winning, that those things don't matter, do they? But they're so important when when you when you're losing games and you're chasing those little things, those little niggles do creep into your game. No, absolutely. Let's talk about uh, certainly something that was really positive. I thought the the try, uh, great break by Randall. This is his trademark tap and go. And Leo did really well to finish in the corner, Pete. Well, he did. And and I have actually watched this back on, on uh, obviously it was on the highlights, but I watched it back on the main ones as well. Uh, And it was a good finish, but it was close. And I've got to say... If I'm being hypercritical, Ra- Harry Randall was it was a superb break and that you can't knock it, it was brilliant. He he sliced with fence, but he didn't I felt he passed again a little bit too quickly. You know, like that one in the first game against Saracens. Uh Radwan was coming across 
And he didn't, he, he, you know, he passed it. And of course it meant Radwan could carry on going and almost got um, Alapati into touch. And I thought, again, thinking clearly under pressure, I, I, I take it, you know, I would never have done this myself, but it, to me, it had the look of he could have drawn Radwan right up and done a little dummy and he could have got under the posts and uh, perhaps got a bit closer to the to the sticks because obviously Ian Lloyd then had a quite a tricky conversion. But it again, it's this confidence thing. It kind of made me think Randall passed just a touch too early, but when you're confident, you really draw the man and therefore make it a guarantee. Now, it was a great finish by Alapati. Take, take my hat off to him. And I think he deserves uh, a, a hat tip for that because we had suggested in cast a couple of past episodes that maybe his, his legs will go in a little bit, but he certainly finished that try well. So he deserves a lot of credit, but it just, to me, going back to what Lee said about confidence, when you're confident, you go right up to the wire and he would have, even Harry Randall's probably lost a bit of confidence here and there. And I did think again, you know, we've just got to get back to doing the basics really well, draw the man as long as you can, and then pop it to guarantee that. Um, and, and so on. So yeah, it was a good try, but it could, it could have gone the other way. And Lee, let me ask you, after this result, how are you feeling about the season now? Well, I mean, I'm I'm still positive, Tone. I mean, I think, you know, we've, like you've said, we've got so many injuries, we've got so many players to come back. And there's no doubt that we will be a different side when we've got our, you know, our full quota of players back on the on the field. I mean, obviously, it's not a start that, that any of us probably expected, but um, you know that's that it is what it is now, and we have to we have to go again. I mean, I do think that the bye week this week is um, is a blessing in disguise because I do think we a we need to get some players back on the pitch, and b I think they just really do need some time off and regroup and you know go again after. No, uh, uh, absolutely. Well, before we move off this weekend, let's look at some of the other scores. And I can just see both of you are starting to grin here. Um, we'll leave one particular score right right to the end. Uh, so we had Sale 28, Quinns 22 on Friday night. Uh, Sale doing a, a, a good job there. Uh, Wasp 23, Exeter 27. Again, a good performance by Wasps to push Exeter so, so close. Um, Pete, if I come to you with this one... Um, Worcester three, Leicester 48. Mm. Are Leicester that good or are Worcester that bad or is it a combination of the two? I think that that's clearly a combination of the two. I mean, yeah, Leicester have started you know, very, very well and, and they, they seem to have got a nice blend of forward grunt and, and you know, pacey backs. Um, but yeah, it's, it, yeah, let's see. I mean, it's a long season. You know, we started well and uh, who knows? I mean, you know, Leicester are playing good rugby. I think Worcester, I'd be worried if I was a Worcester fan, probably more than, than you know, we are at the moment because at least, you know, we know we've got a structure, we've got a, a platform, we know we've got some really good players that can come back. I mean, Worcester spent a lot of money in the summer, you know, redid their squad and losing at home like that... <laughs> Well, shipping a lot of points at home is never a good thing. Um, so, yeah, fair play to Leicester. I mean, I, you know, it's been a long time coming, hasn't it? I mean, this, they are a heavyweight of the Premiership and it, it's, you know, I think that the Premiership needs a Leicester to be playing well um, and, and being competitive. I mean, I think the thing is, Tony, what going back to what you asked Lee about, you know, what I think 
our expectations. I think we've just got to reset our expectations a little bit as fans. Um, we are, pro- you know, we've come down a little bit. Teams have come up. You know, the fact that we kind of went head to head with a Newcastle, who were a good side. You know, they're a solid side, but we didn't come out the other side. I mean, I think we just have to, you know, reset our expectations expectations a little bit about how we're getting on. Know that perhaps we said this before the second half of the season, we we are going to be stronger. I'm sure of it. Um, and then I don't know if you saw that post-match interview with Joe Joyce gave that was very sort of articulate and impassioned about the fact that he said, you know, we will get there. We've, we, 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 there's no way we won't get there. It's just not happening at the moment. And we're, you know, we're going to, we're working hard to make it happen and uh, you've got to stick with us. And I just thought, yeah, you know what, as a fan, I was, you know, I felt a bit, dis- I felt disappointed after the result. And then when I saw some of the other results like Leicester and some of them, I thought, you know, Exeter seemed to be back on it. It did make me a bit, like, I felt a bit flat, but then I thought, no, no, come on. This is just a reset. You know, we we still they, the boys played well. Like Lee said, they were solid. They the young lads tried hard. You know, we're not we're not in disarray like like some teams. So, yeah, fair play. Okay, a uh, couple more results on Sunday. Um, as uh, as mentioned on Bears Beyond the Gate, if you want to make money this year, put uh, put a few quid on London Irish drawing a game. Uh, what's this five, five games into the season I think they've drawn two so far if memory serves me right so we had Irish 25 Gloucester 25 and then Lee I'm going to come to you as a born and bred Bristolian to pass comment on the final game of round five and that is Bath 17 Saracens 71. <laughs> now, was, um, did that bring a smile to your face? It was uh, it was Stuart Santa Claus Hooper had come early tone, hadn't he? He's uh he's he definitely brought the presents over for the weekend for the for their supporters. And um, you know, he's obviously got a lot of stick um, you know, from, from the Bath fans yesterday, but um, you know, personally I think he's doing a cracking job there. You'd like you'd like to stay see him stay there for like two or three years until relegation comes back. I think I think they should definitely let him see the season out. <laughs> hey, I, I think we put on Twitter we got ninety nine problems, but the Bath ain't one. Um, <laughs> Pete, come to you. I mean, they were forty five nil down at half time. Um, something's going seriously wrong there at the wreck, isn't it? Yeah, as, I, as a former insider. Yeah. Um, you know, can, is Hooper's days numbered now? I, I, yeah, I mean, I think this is just the part of a, it's still part of a long wedge that has, has been growing since like, since they won the European Cup. They've never really you know done anything since. And I think, I think they've got, I mean, I don't know. There's clearly something wrong. I think this this whole issue about have they got the right structure all the way through the club? And I think this whole thing about the wreck as well, development, which has constantly been there, is 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 a, you know hasn't helped. They they've got a big training ground, but they end up playing on a park pitch. You know, it's. Uh, I just think clearly who I, mean, I listened I heard him interviewed and he didn't answer he sounded quite sad actually I felt a bit sorry for him in some ways because I think 
you know, even if he doesn't get the chop, he's not going to feel like he's happy going into work at the moment, is he? So, and of course, he doesn't want to fall on his sword because he won't get a payoff. So, um, yeah, I mean, there, there's clearly something wrong. They got a load of great players. I mean, that pack they had yesterday was a good pack, and it just got destroyed. Um, and it, Saracens are ruthless. So, I, I don't know. Something's going to happen to them, isn't it? Lee, you want to you want to comment? Yeah, I just wanted to add to what Pete just said. Then, I mean, one thing I will say about Hooper is that I mean, you you can't you can't deny full credit to him for coming out to do that interview because you know I mean that that must have been hard work after a paste in like that. But you know, you've got to say full credit to him for going out there and actually you know standing in front of the cameras and uh, and trying to explain what the hell happened on the pitch, basically. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if either of you saw the rugby paper on on Sunday, but there was like a double page spread, wasn't there, yeah. about Bath and, and and what's happened to, you know, the once all-conquering mighty team of the, you know, 80s and early 90s that, uh, you know, were the first winners of the European Champions Cup. Um, and really, you know, they've always had the supporters' base you know they've had the money, and they they you know they've had England and other internationals in the squad for all these years, but it's just been a catalogue of underperformance for what probably the last decade you'd say. Um, mm. And you know, we, we we all have a little gloat because there are our arch rivals, but actually, as Bristol fans. You want to see a competitive Bath team that we're doing real battle with. You always want us to win, but um, yeah, it's Pete. It's it is odd to see Bath. This this is this is a real low, isn't it, for them? Oh, it's huge. I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, we were we felt low after the Harlequins game in the semi final, but at least we we made a few hits. I mean, they 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 were just. I, I, I did have a little debate on Twitter with a few followers about what adjective would be appropriate. And we went through a whole range of them from trounced to walloped to annihilated. Um, and in the end, we, we agreed our little Twitter thread on drubbed. And then uh, and then I saw Somerset Live had put a, a headline saying Bath drubbed. And Hoover, so I thought a drubbing is, uh, is probably a, a, a decent description. But yeah. Not, not a shellacking? Well, I no, I think that's how I started the, the, the Twitter thread. I said, "Is there anything worse than the shellacking?" That was the question, and then, uh, and then, and we decided to go through a whole range of adjectives. And I, I mean, a drubbing probably doesn't quite sound bad enough, does it? But uh, a walloping's pretty good. But yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, you know, we we've had a bit of ban- banter with uh, the Bath Rugby Plug Boys, haven't we? And on this sort of stuff, and they, you know, they came out with a few hits themselves, but. You know, ultimately, it was a bit like uh, Fury against Deontay Wilder, wasn't it? They they had a few little hits, but they cut they couldn't build a build a, a proper proper bout, could they? So, <laughs> sure, they're I'm sure they're licking their wounds. <laughs> Lee, yeah, and just I mean, just to finish it off, I mean, I've got some some good mates who are Bath rugby supporters, real supporters like we are, and I, I genuinely do feel sorry for Lloyd and Tom and Charlie at the moment because, you know, I mean that's you know, it's professional rugby, it's ups and downs, you win some, you lose some, but, but you know, they've gone through a tough time. Um, but, I mean, that really was the kind of icing on the cake for them. And I, I genuinely do feel feel sorry for them at the moment. 
I, I think what's interesting, and you know, we we talked a lot, or people talked a lot before this season about will we see competitive games, and you know, without relegation. Um, but I, I just wonder. One of the things is, will, will Hooper be given more time because there isn't relegation to try and turn it round? You know, do, will a director of rugby be allowed more games? Because if if maybe you know they go on and let's, I think they've got Harlequins away. Mm, yeah. You know, uh, oh my God! You know that if if they play like that again, it, it could be another cricket score against them. Um, but does a club have to? react because there is that threat of relegation or will somebody be given more time to to turn it round Pete I don't know what you think about that well I I I think they'll probably be you know I think they'll they'll try and canvas the what the players really think I mean because ultimately that's where it happens I mean they they were as culpable I guess as, as Stuart Hooper might have been you know the, with their performance but ultimately if if the dressing room is lost, um, there's not there's not 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 no nowhere to go really. And I I mean you could look at it the other way and say if I was Bath management, the fact that there isn't any relegation gives us gives them a some a new person a, a proper kind of fl- platform to to establish themselves. And then you know rather than just a pre-season, they get a whole mm-hmm. season with no real expectation. And and then be expected to start strongly next year. So, in, I mean, maybe they're going to wait until Harlequins <laughs> see what happens and then make the decision because then it might even be easier to make it. I, I don't know. I feel. I say I do feel sorry for Hooper. I mean, whatever. He's not going to feel very happy at the moment, and he, you know he's going to feel helpless. It is helpless. But if ultimately the systems aren't in place and the vision's not there and the players aren't responding, ultimately it's always the manager that's going to get the chop, isn't it? Um, and the players will just have to so we'll see we'll see how it pans out but but you know you know the name that's been linked don't you by a lot of today yeah so i mean bath i mean you know we're already fierce rivalry and steve diamond in charge of them and that would that would notch it up at least three or four levels wouldn't it yeah certainly would certainly would um okay well let's move on um, as we've already talked about, there's a bye week, um, so there's no game this forthcoming weekend. And then uh, we are away at London Irish on Saturday, the 30th of October. Um, so before we talk about that, um, let's hear from our good friend of the podcast, Mr. Jerry Brown, who is the chair of the London Irish Supporters Association, who spoke to Pete on Sunday after their game. Let's listen to that now. Well, hi, Jerry. It's great to speak to you again. Thanks so much for coming on, especially as it's a Sunday night. And, and I know you've just been to your own game. No, I'm saying I've uh, got home. I've just I've just watched. They didn't know the score. I've just watched the Bath game. Let's face oh. it. You, uh, you can always be a Bath supporter. Wow. <laughs> what a night. I mean, that's awful, isn't it? I mean, it puts our travails into, into perspective at the moment, to be honest. But yeah. I was laughing and joking about it. I thought, you know, we'll we'll enjoy Bath's discomfort whilst we can. Well, you've got uh, yes. I mean, you have a a reason to slightly enjoy that as well, don't you? Because you historically have always felt uh, that you've lost a few well, players to Bath, haven't you? Well, I'm I'm, I'm sitting there watching uh, Watson, Joseph, McNally, 
Who else have they got playing? Oh, well, mind you, Wollstonecroft uh, and Maitland are playing for Saracens and, and Alec, well, Lewington wasn't playing today. But we've lost players to everybody. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then I thought, well, you probably don't want to speak on Sunday nights and then because uh, of you've had the game. But I suppose, it, well, I'm going to ask you about that anyway. So let's, uh, let's start. I'd say another draw for London Irish. Yeah. We, in Goodness our podcast, me. we started telling people they should put money on how many draws London Irish are going to get this season. Because is that the second? Well, one well I, you know, you know, you you're too late. I mean, I think statistically, there's only ever about one or two draws per season, and we've had two in the first five games. Yeah. So how was and, it today uh, then? Uh, well, we should we uh, we should have won today. You know, uh, fourteen fourteen nil up, and uh, you know, in, in good, decent control of the game, but but uh, then let let Gloucester back in. Um, Maffey went in this went in the bin, and they scored two tries from rolling malls. Um, and suddenly they're, they're back in it, and then uh, Reese Zamet. They see the the Carl Dixon doesn't even know what the offside line means. He hasn't got a clue what that means. And uh, uh, Reece Zamet scored an interception try, and suddenly we're in, we're in deep doo doo, and 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 dug our way back into it, which was quite good actually. They fought their way back in, and again fighting for a win at the end, um, but just couldn't quite do it. That's the story of the. Story, story of the season. Couldn't quite do it. Well, I was going to say, actually, I mean, how would you, I mean, summarise or assess your season so far? Because that's five games you've had now, isn't it? Because you've had no bye week yet, haven't you? No, no. No, well, I'm saying a poor performance against Worcester. To lose to Worcester the first game was, uh, was, was really bad. But then we've had four games, which we could have won arguably should have won um and you know we, we've we've lost we've lost by a total of about five or six points on the games we have lost on all uh, you know so we, we well we only lost by what oh no you know we lost by Worcester for, uh, Worcester by 12 but but the other games we're, we're very very competitive just just can't quite win it they one one win and we'll probably be up and running so we're looking forward to you coming <laughs> on the uh, well, this is a this is a bit of a change from I remember us speaking last year, and uh, I, I think well before the game that actually got cancelled, which we're now blame squarely blaming London Irish for that because we for that game that got called off at the end of the season that was going to be our dress rehearsal against Harlequins, and of course uh, we never played that game, and then we ended up getting no. beaten by them. So so I think no. that was the reason why we lost that semi final. But um, uh, I mean, all right, we'll we'll take the blame. Take can you put any? I mean, can you put your finger on why it's happened so far this season? Is it anything particular? Confidence, uh, over pushing things, a look, bit of a look of of, of desperation, of over overplaying a few situations. Every game, we there's a tendency to overplay it. You know, it's a bit like we're playing uh, touch rugby at times, hmm. and, overdoing it. A bit. And then, I mean, have you got any? Any kind of individual players, having said that, despite the kind of problems maybe with the, the finishing off these games, what individual players have been uh, have been particularly good this season, would you say? Uh, well, Jack Jackson, actually, for, <laughs> for last season and this season, he is just magnificent. He is really all right. He, he, he threw the interception pass, I think, today for Reece Samet, but he is actually, um, he's excellent. He's 
Yeah, he's a great, great, he is a great steadying influence and he's very good. And, um, and Steve Maffey coming back, he's playing in the second row, but Steve Maffey is, he's such a cute footballer. Uh, and Austin, Austin, you, I could watch Austin Creevy play all day. Mm. He looks exhausted when he runs on the pitch, <laughs> but somehow, somehow he looks absolutely shattered at, at, after running on the pitch at kickoff. But then uh, he keeps going for about 50, 60 minutes and he really is, he's a classy, classy player. Excellent. Well, so, you know, given our poor starts and, and your, by the sounds of it, actually relatively, you know, good start despite the results. I mean, are, are you feeling then optimistic for, for the visit of the Bears on the 30th? Well, no, well, I, I yeah, somewhere along the line, you're going to come good. I'm, I'm going to say that the, well, the team that you put out recently, I, I barely recognised the team that was out the other day. Mm. And uh, I read through it and I thought, goodness gracious. Um, I know I said there were nine changes for the game, but uh, wow! Uh, and I, I, I you're, you're going to come good somewhere along the line. You know, you you were all over Harlequins. I, I watched the Harlequins game. You you took them apart in the first half. Yeah, no, it's true. I mean, I think. Uh, well, I think we're hoping <laughs> that you might be right there because we need to we need to kickstart the season somewhere. And I think. Yeah, the Bath game was quite a good win. But and then, as you say, 21 and up against Harlequins, I think we felt, well, look, that's, that was the first half of rugby we'd really clicked and looked quite good. And then, obviously, that all went wrong. And then, I mean, yesterday at Newcastle just looked pretty miserable sort of uh, bit of afternoon. And, and we had a chance to win it in the second half and could have gone, you know, could have gone eight, seven up and had they had they had a man in the bin and we didn't really make anything of it. And uh, it was a bit of a dour defeat. And we, we then even butchered a, a losing bonus point at the end. So I think we'll, we've got a bye week now. This is, uh, as, as you know, so we have got a little bit of time to lick our wounds. And I think the likes of Piertau and some of the bigger names that weren't playing yesterday, Stephen Luatua, will, 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 will undoubtedly be fit for you. Um, oh, and of course, I right. think, you know, you're right. I mean, I think we are going to be, our team is going to be coming, uh, trying to, to make amends. For, for 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 a lot of things, so it, it could be a yeah, it could be a humdinger. I hope I hope for our sake it is, and I hope for your sake it isn't. But there you go. Um, so it will be the first game that Bristol fans would have uh, travelled to the amazing Brentford Community Stadium. And uh, I mean, I just thought it'd be nice for you to finish off if you could give a bit of an overview of what the match day experience will be like for the for the travelling faithful. Well, you've really got to look at, at the uh, the travel arrangements. It's really difficult. Uh, today, um, so one of our committee members, it took, it, well, last week it took him three hours to get to the ground from Braid Basingstoke. Um, as part of the M4 is being closed every weekend, so you can't drive straight up the M4. Um, between junctions three and four, they're closing it. So that's really difficult. Anybody coming by train, get on the padding, the Paddington line, Ealing Broadway, 65 bus down to the stadium. Is uh, that that's a really easy way to go if you're going on the uh, on, on on the train. Um, there is loads of parking, and you use the uh, your parking or just parking websites. If you do drive, there's lots there's lots of parking around there uh, that you can pre-book online. Uh, that that's that's what we do. Um, we actually struggled up the M, 
the M3 uh, and, and came in that way. And it, it, it wasn't it wasn't that bad. But, you know, your guys will probably be heading for the M4, but you have to come off it and then it, it, get, it does get a bit a bit bit tough there. Uh, the pubs around there are absolutely brilliant. It really is right. You've got the Express uh, Tavern right next to the Cubridge station. And that's pretty good. And then you go down to Strand on the Green and there's excellent, the Steam Packet, the Bell and Crown, one over the eight. Great, great pubs. Re- good food, really good food, full of beer, which is which is excellent. Um, and one or two free houses. And the stuff in the ground is, is good as well. Um, you can't get from the, the south stand is a bit isolated. That's where all the corporate hospitality is. But there's big bars in there, good bar and de- decent street food that you can get in there. Um, and it, it's just a class apart. Anybody that's been to the Medeski, forget that. That's a bygone era. You know, this this is uh, deep. And so somebody said today, so the toilets are lovely as well. You've got lovely toilets. <laughs> Well, it's always a good measure of a good uh, a good venue. I think you you look at the toilets, you get a good good sense of it. I well, think I that, that, my, my wife said that about Ashton Gate. She said they're the best toilets you've been in at a rugby ground. <laughs> well, I'm pleased to hear that. That's very good. I'll pass that. I'll pass that on to the powers that be. Um, <laughs> but I tell you what, that with that sales pitch you've just given, I mean, I think that's going to add a, a couple of thousand extra away fans. I reckon to the uh, to the game. Well, so very well. But but have a have a look on the uh, the LISC website. Anybody that, that's going, uh, so you know London Irish Supporters Club, you can go in as LISC, and we've really got really good information, a, a really good seating plan um, of where all where all the tickets are, where all the seats are, and and links to the pubs and and, and travelling. And the uh, the guy that runs it, Duncan, he he puts up the latest travel information is on there as well. So he will give the the because uh, 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 today even Cubridge Station was closed, which was uh, which was brilliant. You know, Cubridge Station is right in the ground. The ground is virtually in Cubridge Station, um, and uh, you know if you if you can get there if. If the trains are running there, that's a really easy way to go. Yeah. Oh well, it sounds it sounds uh, it does sound exciting. I, I'm pretty sure there will be um, a lot of travelling fans. I hope so. I think yeah. I think we're at that yeah. kind of stage where we need the, the the fans to 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 give the team a bit of a boost. And it, I mean, despite all your travel reservations, it technically isn't too bad to get hurt for for Bristol along the M4. So I know there'll be some supporters coaches, but there's often a, a lot of people go independently as well. So I think uh, I think with that uh, those very detailed uh, it, um, examples for us, I think that hopefully uh, some of our listeners will, will will act on that. But I will we will definitely um, post the thing about looking on your your website as well because that's a really yeah good point. yeah because if you know if if the trains are running into Cubridge, you could always stop short at Hounslow, park around Hounslow. Um, and then and then get the train up to yeah. Q Bridge. It's only about twenty minutes on the train from there. Uh, that might be the option. Now I know it's quite a long long way in advance, and you've got another game I, uh, before we play. But do you fancy making <laughs> yeah. any sort of vague prediction of the, of the score or the results? Maybe I'm not going. Well, like, well we're, we're, we're playing we're playing Exeter next week, and I think it's a question of who survives at Exeter. It's a question of who survives that. I think yeah. uh, you know who we've got left standing after that. I tell you that both sides were absolutely out on their feet after today. It was a really fast open game. And uh, they, they were all going down with cramp. It was uh, uh, so. We'll, I, 
we'll, we'll see who's standing. I mean, every time I think Irish could win it. No, every home game I think we could win, but uh, you know, I think I think you you guys will come good somewhere along the line. Well, I think maybe maybe we could predict a draw. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty safe. And every time Jackson has a kick to win the game and misses it every flipping game as well. Did it? Oh, well, did he's got something to work on then. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, well, look, that yeah. sounds great. And I, I do appreciate you uh, giving up your Sunday evening to be on the gate. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. Now, I'm, I'm on a golf day today, tomorrow, so I couldn't do tomorrow. <laughs> well, Pete, you, you, you and Jerry are like two old two old mates now aren't you just chewing the cud there talking about best places to drink and uh, where the road works are yeah it was a right one it was a, it was yeah it was a lovely old conversation it was a it was a right old man's ramble through various topics wasn't it and, and i think because we haven't got the immediacy of the game coming i thought i'd try and engage jerry in a few kind of extra subjects to do with uh, travel and uh, and bridge closures and uh, various things on that. And I mean, what a detailed itinerary he has set out. And as I mentioned in the thing, I mean, you know, London Irish could easily add a few, another two or 3,000 away fans <laughs> to their ticket sales after that sales pitch by Jerry. But yeah, um, I mean, I, I laughed a bit about the fact that he's he still thinks that it's the same old, you know, we'll beat the London Irish. He, he's like, he's, he's he's got a kind of, he's uh, he was kind of saying, oh, well, you're going to come good, aren't you? And it's going to be bound to be against us. You know, he's, I don't think he ever believes London Irish will ever beat us at any point. <laughs> but um, yeah, what, what, what a nice, uh, conversation it was and um yeah so apologies to uh to uh, fans out there who didn't really get much insight <laughs> about what's actually going to happen in the game but it was a lovely conversation i hope people enjoyed it lee let me come to you um obviously the game is you know 10 12 days out so you know normally we'll speculate on the team um we're not going to know about maybe some of those injuries that uh, came came out the quins game that stopped people paying for newcastle but uh, maybe if i ask you uh, your thoughts around the pack and then pete i'll come to you and see what you think about you know changes to 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 maybe the back so um up front lee where do you think um, Pat will maybe change things? Well, obviously, I mean, Big John's going to be back in the in the fray then, isn't he? Um, so I, I think that John Afoa could come back in. Um, but then I think, like you say, really, I mean, the um, the pack's been fairly solid, hasn't it? I mean, Kura's been doing okay. Obviously, Sinks. I mean, what I'd like to see Sinclair do a bit more is is that a bit more grunt. You know, he seems to to pass the ball off, you know, almost immediately. And, you know, Sinclair at his best was someone who takes the ball, you know, into the contact, carries it forward. So I'd like to see Sinclair do that a little bit more, to be honest. But, I mean, I think that, I think Big Dave might get another run out. And I think Chris Bowie will, will, you know, come back into the second row. Um, but it is, like you say, it is difficult with, you know, with, with such a long time in between, you know, now in the actual game. It is difficult to kind of see who we might have back. But I'm I'm fairly, fairly confident that front row will be quite similar and the second row will be quite similar to what we've already put out. I, I like to see Dave and, and Vui, big Dave and Vui in the second row personally. 
What what about that back three? Because you know Fitz Harding has come in, and I, I think yeah. again by all accounts had a decent game on on Saturday. Uh, got Luatoa that we don't know the extent of the injury, but hopefully you know he might be back as well. Is is, is Fitz Harding going to be going to be one of the starting names now on the team I, sheet, or or do you think do you think he might make way? No, I, I think that he deserves his place in the team. I think that he's played well. Um, obviously, if Stephen Luatua is fit, Luatua comes in. But I don't know whether he, you know, whether he starts it at six or or eight. But I personally, if Luatua is back, I'd have him, Arden, and I, the one that worries me is Dan Thomas hasn't seemed to really be on the, you know, up to to his usual levels recently. So. I think if anyone drops out, it could be Dan Thomas. Um, but then do you bring Jake Heenan back in? Sam Jeffries, obviously, he's played one game now, so he's going to be, still be in contention. So, I mean, that's, it, it, you know, we've, we've got, a, hopefully, we'll have a few more options in, in that area, six, seven, and eight area. Um, but like I say, it's so difficult, isn't it? Because you don't know who's, gonna, who's actually going to be available. And, and can you see Nathan Hughes making a comeback or? No, no, I, I don't, mate. I don't. I think um, I think if Lua Tua's back, he plays at eight. If not, I think that Harden would, would stay there. And for you, Pete, um, your, your thoughts when it comes to the back line? Yeah, I, I think I agree. I think Harding's done enough now to to warrant a, a, a decent run. Um, yeah, yeah, sorry, you said the back line, not the back back row sorry yeah. um yeah i mean I, I think the forwards i've got you know i think we've got plenty of options there so yeah it is the bat line i mean i i think randall if he's i can't is he still going to be available for the irish i mean he's got a start i think he's he's we've got to get the most out of him i mean obviously it's going to be an interesting choice between essentially callum sheedy or yoan lloyd at 10 you know there'll be a lot of clamoring for lloyd to start at 10 i still just just thought, just just on that point we know sheedy's going to be away with Wales after that week. Yeah. So is there an argument to give Lloyd another game to, yeah, to, to get him up to speed? Um, I think so. I think so. I mean, it's, uh, you know, and it may be the sort of game that, that would be good for him because, you know, maybe he might have a little bit more space to express himself. I mean, I still think he's got a lot to learn, Lloyd, but there's a lot of clamouring for him to be at, at 10. Uh, but it's a big, big ask for a young lad. And then, well, I mean, I'd like to think that if we, you know, our big guns in the back will be back. I mean, I'd you know, Purdy, we need him back on the wing. We need Charles Pieto back, Pietau back. And we need Piers O'Connor. We need Sam Bedlow. I think we've got to, we, you know, if they're fit, they may well come back in. And, and it's no disrespect to Antoine Frisch and uh, Jack Bates, who I think by all accounts did a, you know, did a great, good job and really got stuck in. But, you know, we do need, I think we need to go to Irish and we need to to have as, as strong a side as we possibly can and make a big statement because we could do with, with, we could do with a really good kind of 80 minute performance. You know, I, I'd settle for like a 60 minute performance at the moment. No, I want Instead of a like twenty-five minute performance, yeah. Um, well, let's uh, let's talk about predictions then, Lee. I'm going to come to you first, and then Pete. I'd like you to give me your prediction, and also as Miles isn't around, if you could give a prediction for him as well. So, Lee, um, we all backed last week Bears to turn things around and get a result at Newcastle. 
uh, we were all wrong. So uh, for the 30th of October, day before Halloween, is it going to be another horror show for the Bears? Or do you think it will be, uh, we'll be bouncing back to victory? Uh, neither, Tone. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm, do you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go for my first ever draw prediction. Uh, and the score? I'm going to go for 21 points each. 21 points each. Right, Pete, let me come to you then. Um, give me Miles's prediction first. Well, I mean, Miles put money, I think Miles did go down and put some of his uh, children's inheritance on, on another draw for London Irish. So he, yeah, I think he's going to go for his standard nil nil draw. <laughs> he's going for his nil nil again. Um, and what about you, Pete? Well, I was going to go for a draw as well. I'm not going to now. I think it's going to be tight, though. I think it could be a nail-biter like we've had in the past. So I'm I'm going to say we will get a bit of our mojo back. It won't be for 80 minutes. be 60-odd, I think. So a London Irish will ebb and flow. So I'm going to go for 23-21 to the Bears. 23-21 to the Bears. Oh, I, I really don't know about this one. I really... You know, is the bye week going to help us? Are we going to get people back? Um, I I am going to go for. I'm going to try and be optimistic. I, I'm going to go for a uh, twenty-four to uh, twenty victory for the Bears, uh, but I think it will be really, really close. And and Lee, are you gonna are you gonna put a few quid on the draw? I I might actually do that, Tony. I might stick a fiver on a on the on the draw. Yeah, because usually it's about twenty twenty two to one, so uh, it's yeah. not a bad little return, is it? Um, well, no, and also with with uh, the Brian Osiris not playing so far for a while, so I've, I've I do feel like the uh, the old bookies owe me a few quid, mate. Yeah, yeah, because that was your cash point, really, wouldn't it? Put in uh, put. Putting on burn to score first. Okay, uh, let's move on. Um, England squad announced today, and uh, Sinclair and Randall both called up for the autumn internationals. Pete, uh, your your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think that's as expected, isn't it? I don't think there was anyone else likely to. I suppose the only controversy was that that lad from Leicester. Old uh, Dolly Parton got picked, didn't he? And uh, as someone pointed out, you know he's he's had four good games for Leicester, and he suddenly gets picked for England. And you know Harry Thacker has played a lot of games for Bristol and not get anywhere near it. But fair play to him. Uh, yeah, I mean I, I'm not too upset. I don't really. I think at the moment we could we could do with keeping as many players as we can. So uh, obviously we're going to lose Callum as well. But yeah, fair play to Harry. He deserves it. Lee. I just I just want to say, boys, because I haven't um, I've been working extra hard today, and I didn't see the squad. But was there many uh, Quins? Did Don Brandt get in the in the squad? Yeah, Don Brandt, yeah. Smith, but not Liner and not March. Okay, Marla. Don was Marla in it? I don't know. I couldn't. Is he retired now? But I don't know. We, 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 we'll have to check our uh, our facts on that. But it is nice to see Eddie starting to pick players a bit more on form rather than yeah. just on, you know, history. 
uh, really. Um, guess who did get in? <laughs> Johnny May. No, worse. No, Johnny May's all right. <laughs> guess who got Dan Robson didn't get in? You know, a really form scrum half. Guess who got a place it's in his place? <laughs> Not your mate from Leicester. I, he's unbelievable. You're yeah. Ben Young's is back in, Ben Young's in the squad. Good. So you've got Ben Young's, Rafi Quirk, and Harry Randall. Like I'd be gutted. If I was Dan Robson, I'd be absolutely gutted. Mm. Mm. Well, let's uh, let's wait and see how England and all the uh, the home nations uh, fare. Um, I'm sure we'll be talking about those games over the next uh, uh, couple of months or so. Um, and uh, just just one uh, final thing before we wrap up uh, for tonight. Uh, as I say, uh, apologies if there's been a few problems with the sound. We have had to record remotely, but um, I think one person that will have mixed emotions around the Bears' result this weekend will be our friend Young Toby, who's doing his charity uh, run. Uh, obviously, as a diehard Bears fan, I'm sure he'll be disappointed. Uh, but Toby, you've got 13K to do this week. And you've got, well, you've got two weeks to do it in. So it's not even a kilometre a day. So uh, I'm sure that will get you back on track. So I did uh, did have a little smile when I saw that uh, we only conceded 13 points. And I did think of you, Toby. So uh, good luck with knocking those K out. And I'm sure you'll do it in no time because you must be super fit by now. Um, Lee? Yeah, just just a quick one. So one thing we didn't mention, which we, we probably should have, was that um, obviously it was Big Dave. Uh, he skippered the side for the first time. So I just wanted to say congratulations to, you know, to Big Dave, a big, you know, big Bristolian himself. And, um, you know, it was good to see him getting the, getting the uh, captain's armband. No, absolutely. It's always a proud moment, isn't it, for a hometown boy to uh, skipper his uh, hometown club. So, yeah, congratulations to to, to Dave on that. Um, So we uh, are going to take a little... It's not quite mid-season. We're going to take a break because uh, there isn't a game this weekend. Uh, We'll be back in two weeks uh, after the London Irish game. So we'll have our review of that game and then we'll also look ahead to the Worcester game that's coming up the week after that. So uh, if you like what you've heard, please leave a review or rating for us on your favourite podcast platform uh, until two weeks' time. Uh, Thank you very much for listening and come on, Briz. Come on, Briz.